Hello, and welcome back to Exhaling Words, the language podcast where I just get to talk and you just have to listen. I'm your host, Aaron, and thank you for tuning in for another week. So, as I was thinking about what I wanted to discuss this week, I had a couple topics sort of converge, and this is probably going to turn into multiple episodes, and I'm hoping I can divide them properly, but... So, Norru's just happened, and for those of you who don't know, Norru's is, uh, we typically describe it as the Iranian New Year. Norru's is the first day of spring, it marks the start of the Iranian calendar. Um, It's not just an Iranian holiday, insofar as, you know, the modern state of Iran is concerned. Um, It's really a holiday that's celebrated all over um, the Iranit or Iranic world, so places where the um, historically Iranian world has had influence. So everything from nearby places like Azerbaijan or Armenia, um, although it's not as really as big in Armenia, to, um, you know, places in Central Asia. Um, It's also, you know, it's just, it's uh, spring equinox, so, you know, or Yes, spring equinox. I had to double check that. I was like, solstice? No, spring equinox. And um, so it's also celebrating, you know, there's historically, you know, uh, Celtic holidays around this or pagan holidays around this, whatever term you want to use for this. So it's not just an Iranian holiday. However, in my realm, I often think of it as an Iranian holiday because because I spend time with um, Iranian friends. I go to people's houses. We have parties, whatever. And, you know, a lot of my social circle is, you know, from that region. So, in my mind, that's what it is. So, you know, Norus. Anyways, so I thought that, okay, it's Norus, let me talk about Persian, let me talk about, I don't know, Iranian linguistics, and my, you know, half-assed PhD that never came to fruition. And um, I had a lot of topics come to mind. Obviously, some of them are very, like, linguistic-related, and then some of them are also... Um, very personal about language learning. So actually, I think I'm just going to keep this intro and I'm going to use this for the next several episodes over the next several weeks. So let's start. So one of the most requested topics that I got when I started this particular series was to talk about the different dialects of Persian, which if you know me from years ago, like before transition, while I was in graduate school, when, you know, I studied this a lot, you know, I love this topic. And so I'm going, I'm not even going to say that I'm going to try to keep it into one episode because it's not going to happen. This is probably going to be part one and part two. Literally right now I have like three pages of notes. Granted, I write big and messy when I'm taking notes for an episode. And this is just on a general introduction to the dialects, um, differences in their pronunciation, and differences in the pronunciation of different grammatical forms, and then a couple differences in the colloquial varieties and their pronunciation. So I haven't even gotten into actually how grammar or syntax or or semantics, like word choice, change. So I think this episode will be de- dedicated to phonology of the dialects, both in their standard varieties and their colloquial forms. Um, and then part two will be dedicated to grammar, syntax, and, uh, and semantics, or, yeah. Okay, so, let's start with this. Dialects of Persian. For those of you who don't know, Persian is a language, um, 
it is sometimes known in the United States, at least as Farsi. However, it this is a whole separate episode, but the most accurate term, linguistically speaking, is Persian. Farsi is the native demonym, so it would be like saying Espanol in Spanish, but while speaking English, which is weird. But a lot of Iranians use this, and that is their prerogative, so I can say what I want to say about word choice and etymologies, but at the end of the day, not my place. That being said, for example, here in the United States, we use the word Farsi often to talk about Iranian Persian as, a, as, as opposed to Afghan Persian, which is often known as Dari. This is especially big in, you know, government circles, defense circles, um, things like this, because they need to be distinguished between for those purposes. And a lot of this is just spread out into, into you know, lay society. So that being said, let's talk about Persian. So Persian is a language that is spoken in Iran, Afghanistan, and Tajikistan, and their environs, and obviously by their diasporas abroad. Those are the three sort of standard dialects when we talk about them is there is Iranian Persian, there is Afghan Persian, and there is Tajik Persian. They often also go by Farsi for Iranian Persian, Dari for Afghan Persian, and this is the name that it is cited as in the Afghan constitution, and then Tajik is Tajik. And so I think for the most part in this episode, I will use those words. I might fall back and say Iranian Persian instead of Farsi because I have a long history of trying not to say the word Farsi, although now I use it quite often. But I have no problem calling Afghan Persian Dari, especially because that's what's in the constitution. That is one of the official languages of Afghanistan is Dari. And Tajik is Tajik, so that doesn't feel weird to me. Obviously, there are more dialects than these. There are sub-dialects within these countries. So, for example, a really famous one in Afghanistan is Hazaragi, which is the language of the Hazaras, which is considered a dialect of Dari. I also like to think of these dialects as on a spectrum. I mentioned this a couple episodes ago when I was talking about um, having studied Tajik and Dari and then having to work with Iranians in Los Angeles. And so, for example... If you go and travel in eastern Iran, which I have not, but I have friends from these areas, their dialect sounds closer to Afghan Persian. Or the dialect spoken in western Afghanistan, like around Herat, which is where there are a lot of Hazaras, for example, sounds a little bit closer to Iranian Persian. And so some of these differences that I'm going to point out in this episode and the next episode might not always be 100% true. What I'm looking at right now is standard forms. And then when I speak of colloquials, I'm talking about Tehran colloquial, which has been adapted or is understood to be Iranian colloquial Persian. And then Kabuli colloquial Dari, which is, again, sort of understood to be standard or the, the more common form of colloquial Afghan Persian. Tajik, my experience is a little bit more limited. I haven't been to Tajikistan. I've spent more time working uh, with Afghans and Iranians. I have a couple anecdotal things that I've heard from friends, and I have some research that I've done. Obviously, there are different dialects depending on where you are. If you're in Khojand, if you're in Khorog, if you're in different provinces, this will shift. Um, when I speak of the standard Tajik, I'm talking about standard literary Tajik, and most of the colloquial anecdotes that I have reflect the dialect of Dushanbe, which is where the friends that I have live or have lived. So let's just start there. So this is Persian is a language. 
it evolved or developed from Middle Persian, and I'm going to make that reference a couple times, especially when I discuss the phonology. So there's Old Persian, which was the language of the Achaemenid Empire. There's Middle Persian, which was the language of the Sasanian Empire. And then there is New Persian, as we know it, which starts being used. It officially begins being written around the 9th century. Those are the earliest records we have are from the 9th and the 10th centuries, more so the 10th. It starts to pick up again in the 11th century. Obviously, Middle Persian speakers didn't just die out, but because of the Arab conquest of Iran, Arabic became the official language. And so there's what, what we know in Persian as Sukut, the two centuries of silence, uh, when, when Persian wasn't really written. Um, there are a couple fragments of sort of a very early New Persian being written or a very late version of Middle Persian. Some of them were written in Hebrew or in the Hebrew script, so we know them as sort of very early forms of Judeo-Persian. And even when we speak of early New Persian, generally we're still talking about um, New Persian until, I don't know, maybe we'll say the 13th, 14th centuries. Um, 14th and 15th centuries is when we really sort of, obviously it's still classical, but um, some of the things I think of that are features that are no longer exist in modern Persian and not even like remnants of them really, or at least in their same forms, really start to die out, I'd say around like the 14th century. Um, so to me, that's early New Persian um, starts to shift around the 14th century, and then um, and then we get into classical Persian, and then we eventually go to modern. So obviously, there's a lot more here than what I'm going to talk about. So if I say something and you think it's wrong or you think it's different, by all means, contact me. Let me know. But it might just be something that I chose to not focus on, and you know whether that's my fault or yours for getting upset about it. It is what it is. Also. Again, what I'm trying to present here is, one, the standard forms of these varieties, and two, what I know from linguistic research, from reading and learning, and from some anecdotal um, evidence about how colloquial speakers use these forms. Um, just because I mentioned something doesn't mean that that's the way that you as a native speaker uh, might use it, or because I forget to mention something doesn't mean that the way you use it is, you know, or that one of us is wrong or something. Obviously, there are so many different varieties of a single language. And so um, this is just a snapshot for those of you who don't really have a lot of background in this. Okay, so let's start with the probably the easiest thing is the script. <laughs> so the Persian language in Iran and in Afghanistan is written with the Persian script or sometimes known as the Perso-Arabic script. It is based upon the uh, the Arabic alphabet, which has 28 letters, and the Persian script, or the Perso-Arabic script, has 32. There were four letters added. These are the letters for P, P, Ch, because this is a sound that doesn't exist in Arabic, J, which also doesn't exist in Standard Arabic or did not at the time, and G, Gaf. Some of the other letters are going to shift in their pronunciation. That's maybe something I can talk about later. I didn't plan it for today's episode, but those are the four new letters. Now, Tajik, as its own variety, is written in the Cyrillic script. Tajik went through a period of written, being written with the Perso-Arabic script. It went through a period of Latinization, which happened with pretty much all the Central Asian languages. And we generally talk about the Central Asian Turkic languages, but it did happen to Tajik as well. And then under the Russians and the Soviets, it went through Cyrillicization, and the Cyrillic script is still being used to this day. So you pretty much have the standard Cyrillic script. Some letters are now null and void from the Cyrillic script. For so, for example, Myakisnak and Tvornisnak, which are the the soft and hard signs in Russian, they exist in Tajik solely to write um, 
the well this isn't entire, entirely true so Miyaki's not exists in Tajik solely to write um Russian loan words that have it in it Tvorniznak though the the hard sign um is used for the glottal stop um which would be like in in Iranian Persian the Ain or um Aleph in certain situations or like Hamze so it is used for that and there are a couple added letters so there's um there's a G with a line through it, which is the R. There's uh, a K with a descender, which is a K. There's the X, the H, or H, with a descender, which is regular H, H. And there is, there's a E, a Yot, with a long straight line, which is the E, the long one. I'm trying to think if there's any more letters than that. Those might just be all the extras. You can double check this, or I can do a totally, totally separate episode about the scripts if you want. Anyways, let's hop into phonology. Phonology is the basis of the language, and especially when we talk about dialects, often we're thinking about how is the language pronounced. So the largest difference by far between the three dialects of Persian is in the pronunciation of their vowels. I think the best way to do this, at least for short vowels, is to base it from Iranian Persian since it's considered more the standard. But when we get into long vowels and diphthongs, I'm going to base it around Afghan Persian. And here's why. Linguistically speaking, Afghan Persian, from a phonological perspective, is the most conservative of the dialects. Now, when we say conservative in linguistics, we don't mean politically or religiously conservative. We mean that that language has changed least. So the pronunciation in Afghan Persian is probably closer or is objectively closer to the pronunciation of Middle Persian. This, this means nothing in terms of, oh, is this language the same as Middle Persian? Does it carry more value? Anything like that. Just linguistically speaking, statistically, when it comes to the phonology of Persian, the Afghan dialect is statistically closer to Middle Persian in its pronunciation. So we can use that sort of as a base, but in the short vowels, the Afghan dialect is going to line up quite closely to Iranian Persian. So um, I think that's fine. So there are basically three short vowels in Iranian Persian or in Persian in general. There's a short A, which is in Iran, it's pronounced A. It's it's what we write as an AE digraph in the, in the International Phonetic Alphabet and IPA. So it's A, while in Afghanistan, it's A, and in Tajikistan, it's A. Pretty much the same. I would just write it with the A. It, the short sort of I sound is an E. Sometimes you will hear I here and there, but more E in Iranian Persian. E to I in, in Afghan Persian and Dari, and then I to E in Tajik. And it is written with an E vowel. And then there's a short O, which in Iran is definitely O. In Afghanistan, it's mostly O. It might be closer to an O, like a pool sort of vowel. And then in Tajikistan, it's definitely U. It's definitely a solid U. It's just shorter. Okay. In the long vowels, some of them line up. So, for example, the long A equivalent in Afghanistan is an A. And that's more or less the same to Iran. Um, so, in Iranian Persian, we have A like Anha or Ab. And in Afghanistan, I would still say Anha, Ab. It might be slightly more further back or rounded or open or something i'm not great with phonology but if you can hear that there's aw and then there's aw aw like it's almost like yeah it's a little bit more open and further back 
And in Tajikistan, it's definitely on this further back and further open sort of level of like, oh, or, may, or maybe that's closed. Anyways, um, to the point where in the Cyrillic script, it's written with the vowel O that we would know in Russian as O. Um, it's not quite an O. People don't say Tajikistan. It's not Tajikistan. It's to. It's still O. But instead of O versus Ta, Tajikistan versus Tajikistan, um, this sort of O vowel. Okay. Um, the I vowel, long I, easiest thing ever, E, E, and E. No worries, no questions. We're all on the same page here. Great. The long U vowel, which is U, is U in Iran, U in Afghanistan, and U in Tajikistan. So actually that one's all the same as well. The place where we start to see a big difference is in two long vowels that don't exist in Iranian Persian anymore that do exist in Dari, and that one of them has shifted in Tajik. So in Middle Persian, there was a long O. There's a vowel O. And we see it in certain words like Roz, Hanoz, Dost, um, which is, you know, Day, Still, and Friend. And in Iran, these have become U. You have Ruz, Hanuz, and Dost. However, in Tajikistan, these have created their own new vowel, which is an uh sound. So you have Ruz, Hanuz, and Dost. So this is probably the biggest place where we see the difference. Um, we also see it in words like Pushidan, Poshidan versus Pushidan, um, the, which is the verb to wear something, to put something on. And then we also see sort of a shift in the long A vowel. So in Afghanistan, there is an A, which maintains its form A in Tajikistan. But in Iran, it's shifted to E. So, so the most classic examples here is shared versus shir, which are two separate words in, well, they're just two separate words. In Afghanistan, they're pronounced shared and shir. And shared is a lion, while shir is milk. This distinction maintains in Afghanistan and in Tajikistan, but in Iran, this is shir and shir. Lion is shir, milk is shir. There's no difference. But this is the famous example because it has a minimal pair between shir and shir or shir and shir. But there are other examples of this vowel shift that people often don't think about. So, for example, the verb for hope, which in Iran is pronounced omid. In Afghanistan and Tajikistan, it's pronounced umed. So, for example, when you say, like, umidwaram, like, I hope, I am hopeful. In Iran, it's omid, omidvaram, omidvaram. I can't even, to me, I say omidwaram. Um, uh, another one is the word hamishe, which means always in, in Persian. So, hamishe is the Iranian pronunciation. But hamesha or hamesha is the, is the Afghan and Tajik pronunciation. We also see some differences when we get into diphthongs. So for those of you who don't know, a diphthong is a, is a sound created by two vowels coming together. So common examples of this are like ow and I and oi and ew and things like that. So the historic Middle Persian diphthong ow is maintained as ow in Afghanistan, but in Iran it's become o. And in Tajikistan, it's av. Although sometimes in quick speech, you will hear the V being pronounced more as a semi-vowel and it becomes aw as well. So a super common example of this is the word shauhad. Shauhad means husband. In Iran, it's shauhad. And in Tajikistan, it's shauhad or shauhad. Another common one is the I, 
vowel or diphthong. So words like K meaning when in Afghanistan and Tajikistan are pronounced K in Persian. Or words like Maidan, which is definitely Maidan in Tajikistan. I feel like I hear Maidan from Afghans, but it could be Maidan as well. Both both would be acceptable. In Iran, it's definitely Maidan. So this I diphthong also shifts in Iranian Persian. That's all the major vowel differences. In terms of the pronunciation of consonants, there's really only two sort of differences that you really notice. Um, and that's in... Well, we'll start with the easier one. The easier one is the V or the W sound. In Iran, it's definitely a V. And in Tajikistan, it's definitely a V. But in Afghanistan, it's a W or sometimes a V, which is a bilabial, which you hear in languages like Hindi Urdu, for example. Um, in Tajikistan, every now and then you hear this V loosen a little bit into the O. So, for example, like or into the W. So, for example, in like Shawhad, it's aesthetically Shawhad. And in, in proper Tajik, you would be Shavhad. But sometimes you will hear people say Shavhad. So that's not entirely abnormal. The other one is the what I think of as the Q versus GH distinction, which if you're looking at the script, it's the Kof versus the Rain in the Arabic script or the Perso-Arabic script. So this is two separate sounds in, um, in Dari and Tajik. They are Ka, a uvular stop, and they are R, a guttural or uvular fricative. They're two separate sounds. Sometimes you'll hear the ka, especially in Tajikistan, you'll hear it voiced as the voice uvular stop, which is a ka. This is what you get in Iran. It's ka. And then you can have it change based off of assimilation. So what I mean by this is, in Afghanistan, these are two separate letters. There's the letter kaf, there's the letter rain, and they are pronounced that way. In Tajikistan, there is a letter K and there is a letter R, and they are pronounced that way. Sometimes the K is also still pronounced as Ka. In Iran, there are two separate letters, but if you ask somebody how they are pronounced, there is Qaf and there is Qain. They are pronounced the same. The distinction comes from where in the word they fall and how they assimilate to other sounds around them. So, for example, word initially, it's a voiced uvular stop. It's Ka. So common words are qashang or qan, whereas when you hear it in an intervocalic position or next to like a, like a, what's the word I want? Like a rhotic or a labial, there's a word for this. Like a fluent, fluid consonant, whatever, like a la and a ra and stuff, you'll hear it become the fricative ra. So for example, we might have a word like, uh, like the Arabic word hukuk. And in Afghanistan, this is hukuk. That's fine. In Iran, this is usually hukuk. And so you almost hear this hukuk. Word finally, it's technically considered to be ka or ga, but again, a lot of times it's not fully released, so it begins to sound like ga. So in a word like hukuk, you get hukuk, but this ga isn't fully released at the end, so it almost sounds like hukuk. So. It's kind of a weird sound, and again, it varies a lot depending on dialects, as well as, you know, people's education level and different things like that. One final thing that I would say just about pronunciation before going into, like, the pronunciation of different grammatical forms is, um, word final, a, uh, so what would be written as a, as a, uh, as a final, hey, in the Perso-Arabic script is, um, 
and 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 historically it was ah uh, um in middle persian it was ak or ag and then the ag probably lost its g altogether and it became a uh. and a lot of these words also come from arabic feminine loan words that that ended in tamarbuta and so they some of them became a uh, some of them also became at that's a whole separate conversation in Dari and Tajik, this pronunciation of a uh, remains, while in uh, Iranian, Persian, and Farsi, it has shifted to a. So you get word final a in uh, in these sorts of forms. Okay, now let's move on to the pronunciation of specific grammatical forms. Now what I mean by this is, this is a phonological feature, but it's also a grammatical feature. Um, I want to talk later about differences in grammar because there are grammatical differences but this is how specific forms in grammar are pronounced okay so for example i just talked about the a ending um in, in iranian persian this is both a nominal ending that comes from a historic middle persian ak or ag it can also be the inherited arabic feminine form or one of the two ways of the inherited arabic feminine form it can also be the past participle. So, for example, um, the past participle of verbs is usually the root or the past root plus um, the ending. Uh, so, for example, a verb like budan becomes buda or shodan becomes shoda, whatever. In Iran, these are pronounced as a. So, shode, bude, omade, um, these sorts of forms instead of omada. Okay? So, this is, this is one. Two. Let's talk about verbal endings, or I have an ending and I have a prefix. The second person plural ending is written ya dal in the Perso Arabic script, and that ya is pronounced as an e in Iran. So you have the ending eid, so hastid, you are, or kardid, you did, or mikunid, you do, or you are doing. Okay? In Dari and in Tajik, this is pronounced eh. Or a, really, it's more of an a. So, karded, mikoned, or mekoned, but we'll talk about that distinction in a minute. Or hasted, instead of hastid. We also see this a versus e pronunciation in the first person plural. I didn't write it down, I don't know why. But in Iran, it's im, with a meme, with a m sound at the end. So, hastim, kardim, mikonim. While in Dari and Tajik, it's em, hastem, kardem. Okay. Now, you also just heard me give an example using a me prefix. This prefix is also something that is pronounced differently between the three dialects, or sort of two. It's Dari and Tajik on one side, Iran on the other side. So if you picked up, in Iran, this is pronounced as e, me, so me konam, me kardam, whatever. I am doing, I did do. While in Afghanistan, Tajikistan, this is pronounced me. Me kardam, me konam. Okay. Another distinction is the pronunciation of the I call it e, the of the vowel of the ezofat. Which, if you know Persian, you know what ezofat is. Ezofat is this linking vowel that goes in between nouns and their adjectives, or nouns and other nouns. If you want to create, you know, possession or something. In Farsi and Dari, this is pronounced a, both of them consistently. While in Tajikistan, this is an e. So, my book, Kitab Iman, versus Kitab Iman. Again, it's e, It's still quite short, so you almost don't notice it sometimes, but there, it's different in orthography, and officially it is different in pronunciation. 
Similarly, we also find a distinction in the pronunciation of the indefinite suffix. The indefinite suffix is, and I've complained about it on our previous episode, the indefinite suffix is the suffix e. It's written with a long e in Iran. And in Tajikistan, it's a. It's written with the Cyrillic letter a. This is where Dari gets weird, I guess. I've heard both in Dari, and I've been told that both are correct. So you can say Kitabi, a book, or you can say Kitabe, a book. I've heard they're both fine. I, I assume the A is more historically accurate. It is. It's it's what we have in Middle Persian. And maybe the E is because it's written with a yeah, and so that has influenced the way people pronounce it from reading it so much. Or it could be an influence from Iranian Persian, because that also happens. So, for example, when you watch news, you'll hear that me prefix, that me prefix in Dari be pronounced as me. So there certainly is an influence from Iranian Persian. That's not uncommon in Afghanistan. And then the one last sort of difference in terms of grammatical forms that get pronounced differently is the negative prefix. So the negative prefix in its base form is thought to be na, which is what we get in the verb, or just in the word no, na, and in its long form, nachayr or nachir. And this form stays in Dari and Tajik. So you have na before a verb. So na kardam. I didn't do it. Na me konam. I'm not doing it. Na me kardam. I wasn't doing it. Whatever. It's always na. In Iran, before the me prefix, this na becomes ne. So you say ne mi konam. Ne mi kardam. However, if there is no me prefix, it's still na. So you would still say na kardam. You wouldn't say ne kardam. Ne kardam sounds wrong. So it's na kardam, but ne mi, not na mi. Na mi sounds weird. And this could have to do with some sort of, you know, pseudo vowel harmony. It's just easier to pronounce ne mi as opposed to na mi, I guess. So that's just introduction to dialects, colloquial pronunciation, and, or colloquial, or dialectal pronunciation of grammatical forms. And I'm already at 30 minutes. And I still haven't talked about colloquial pronunciation. I don't know, let's do it. A lot of this is going to get cut anyways. This is going to be a long episode. Sorry, guys. Okay, so colloquial pronunciation. There's more here for Iranian Persian than there is for Dari and Tajik, especially because Dari and Tajik tend to be quite similar in some of their things. Personally, I find, again, maybe it's also I don't know as much about Tajik, but even when I was like looking up some of this, they're like, no, this Tajik form is pronounced in colloquial as it is in standard. So, we're not seeing as, as much shift here in the Tajik. Or maybe just because of the writing system with Tajik, these short vowels, which is where we see a lot of shifts in like Dari, those shifts don't happen um, because those vowels aren't written in, in the Perso-Arabic script, which is used in Afghanistan, but they are written in the Cyrillic script, which is used in Tajikistan. So maybe writing them has influenced people keeping them a certain way or writing them reflects what people were already saying, whatever the case may be. So let's start with Iran. So it's just I'm just gonna run through run through some basic things here. Um, the first one is the long a plus a nasal. So it's relatively well known at this point that long a so all plus a nasal n or m so on or om in Iranian dialect becomes oo. So you get un and um. Um, we see this in so many different words. Even the word so Iran stays Iran. But Irani, an Iranian, becomes Iruni. Um, or Omadan, the verb to come, is Umadan. Um, there are a few exceptions to this, but they're usually loan words. They're 
important words like Iran or Quran or things like that. Nobody's going to say Quran or Irun. But for the most part, this is pretty much straight across the board. The third person singular of the present tense of the verb to be in, in its copulatic form is asked in standard Persian. Um, in Iranian dialect, it becomes a. So, for example, if you're asking somebody like, if that if that person over there is Iranian, you would say Iruniye instead of Irunis. You would say Iruniye. So this a is a replacement for for the asked suffix. Similarly, this eid suffix that I was just talking about for the second person plural becomes in. So you get hastin instead of hastid. Um, and the third person plural goes from and to an. So hastand becomes hastan. Another one is that the definite direct object suffix ra becomes uro or o. It's uro after vowels. So, for example, like, you would hear something like, inoro, like, these things. Like, I, I did these things, inoro karda. Um, but it would completely drop the ra <clears throat> and become an o after a consonant. Another one is that the st uh, cluster becomes just s. Now, again, you might hear this. If somebody does pronounce the word est, you might hear it as as. So, irunis or ironis or something instead of saying ironist and you do even hear this in afghanistan sometimes but this is why so for example if you ask somebody like how do you say i love you like the version that you get on the internet and people will tell you and stuff is duset doram but actually what this is this is dustet doram but this ust already shortens to us and then you add the et and so you from dustet doram you get duset duset doram so this is this is a relatively common uh, sort of form that you hear. Another really common one is sort of the loss of intervocalic H's and V's and Y's. I'm trying to think if this exists anywhere outside of verbal forms. All my examples are verbs. But so, for example, like a verb like mi ham I want is mi kham. Mi I I'm going mi ram. Mi goyam I'm saying mi gam. Miyam, I'm coming. Miyam. So this ya, the ha, is sometimes lost in these intervocalic positions. And I'm trying to think if if this happens in nouns anywhere. I mean, it's very common for ha for an h to sort of be softened and almost disappear. This is natural sound change, uh, and 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 you hear it even in Iranian Persian. You definitely hear it in Afghan Persian. Um, but I'm trying to think if these are just verbal forms or if this is nouns as well. But I can get back to you on that. These are the only things I've written down for Iran, colloquial Iranian Persian. There might be other things that I'm not thinking of, but those were the ones that I definitely came up with. In Afghanistan, let me do some that 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 have Iranian equivalents. So, for example, I talked about the Eid suffix in Iranian Persian becoming in. You will sometimes hear this in Afghanistan, that the dal, the d at the end will also become an n, but you will keep the Afghan vowel. So instead of saying in, you'll say in. So hasten instead of hasted, hasten. This could just be an unreleased d hasted, and and it sounds like a no to people. Similarly with verbs, although not the same change, the first person singular of verbs, which is traditionally an m suffix, which is what we hear in Iranian Persian, it's what we hear in Tajik, it's what is written in Afghanistan, is pronounced um, so kardum, or mikunum, as I'm doing something. 
in in Dari. Since I'm talking about you know Kardom and Mekunum, sometimes R before stops like that will get lost. So sometimes you'll hear instead of Kardom, you'll hear Kadom or Kadom. This I know also happens in Tajik. I don't really know how common it is. I'm trying to think how much I hear it. It certainly gets softer. It's not a good, comfortable kar like kardum. It's kardum, kardum. Like it almost assimilates into the D, and it gets very weak. Oh, this one. So word final ends in Afghanistan get lost a lot, especially in Dari. And the most common place for this is, at least in my experience, was I. I don't say men. I say ma. And so instead of saying men, you say ma. It's fine. Nobody questions it. Whatever. Except for when you talk to Iranians, saying ma instead of men feels weird. And then, so in Iran, like, out of respect, you often say ma, you use, like, plurals for things. And, 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 and again, it's not something I actually know that much about because I've never, it's, it's sort of eluded me at times. But I'll hear this, like, people are talking about themselves and they'll say ma. And I have said ma in front of people with all first person verbal endings, you know, you know, maraftum, makardum, whatever. And people think that I'm saying ma, but I'm not pronouncing it right. And then they'll correct me. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm saying men, but I'm not pronouncing it right. I'm pronouncing it in Dari. Similarly, I don't know. This This isn't in any official description of Kabuli Persian that I've heard, but I swear I've picked this up from people. But similarly, dad sometimes becomes da. And so instead of saying like Dar Afghanistan, I'll hear Dar Afghanistan. It's not a full duh. And maybe it's just because of Pashto. Because Pashto has the letter duh as its own word. So I'm not 100% sure what's going on there. Don't don't ask me to explain it. But I'm pretty sure that's a thing as well. <laughs> Afghans, if you're listening, please, please let me know if I'm just screwing this up or if that's a real thing. That you'll hear people say duh instead of dar. And then the last one, okay, so I've read about this. Personally, I have not heard it, but again, maybe I'm just not talking to the right people. So there's this peculiar thing in Persian where there are, there was a cluster khwa in Middle Persian, in Old Persian. So this khwa suffix, or not suffix, it's a cluster. This khwa cluster, when it comes into New Persian, the wa gets lost. So we have verbs like khandan, to read, to call, to sing even, are being pronounced as, or were at one point pronounced as Khwandan, or Khwastan to want. And now it's pronounced Khwastan, or Khwahar, sister is now pronounced Khwahar. Or, I forgot, I forgot what it means. There's a word Khwad, I think. Khwad? No, I think it's Khwad. In Avesan, there's the word Khwarna, but, but I think we still call that Khwarna. Because it's a it's a loan word it's it's fossilized that way. Anyways, I have been told that in certain dialects of Afghanistan, that this wa has maintained. So instead of saying khahar, you are saying khwahad, and then usually that just shortens to become khwad. I feel like I've heard the word khwad, but so for example, I've also heard that that it's done with the verb khastan to want, not with the verb khandan. Ironically enough. But khastan, as people will say khastan, or like mechwam, maybe that's because of the u, mechwam, but mechwad 
he wants. I've never heard this. I've I've read about it and I've been like told by people that that is real. I have not personally witnessed it in my limited experience, of course. So, yeah. Okay, that's pretty much the end of my notes. Um, a lot of the Tajik stuff, not all of it, but some of it is very similar to the Dari. So, for example, the the dropping of the R before stops, so saying Kadam instead of Kardam. Um, Tajik has a lot more on the grammatical section, so Tajik will get way more, way more uh, screen time or air time in the next episode. But in pronunciation, it doesn't really differ that much, I would say, from its standard form. So literary Tajik is quite different from literary Iranian Persian, but colloquial Tajik in pronunciation is not super, super different from literary Tajik, from what I understand. Again, if there are Tajiks listening and I'm very wrong on that, by all means, let me know. Or there might be things that I'm just not thinking of right now or didn't come up when I was doing some research to to prepare for this to make sure I covered more. But yeah. So that is that. That is what are the dialects of Persian? What are differences? Mostly just in their pronunciation <laughs> across the board. And then hopefully next time, I don't know if it'll be in, a, in, in, in 30 minutes. This isn't even going to be 30 minutes. But next time we'll get into um, what are their grammatical differences? Because that's going to be kind of big, again, especially with Tajik. And then a little bit into what are their vocabulary differences. With that, I'm not going to get into a lot of specifics. I'm just going to talk about Tajik has a lot of Russian loans or, you know, things like that. So as always, I love hearing from you guys and interacting with you guys. So if you have questions about this episode, if you're a native speaker, one of these dialects and you want to share something that I missed or I might have messed up, by all means, please let me know. This is a topic I really love. Um, and so I've done a lot of reading about and I've studied the different dialects, but obviously I am human. I make mistakes. Um, but also please keep in mind that I'm trying to talk about standard forms of these dialects or very common urban forms. So like Tehran, Kabul, Dushanbe sort of dialects as opposed to there are always stories about, well, in my family's village in this region of Iran, we speak this way. And that's fine. Don't get me wrong. And I love to hear those stories. So by all means, still share them with me. But please don't come at me all angry or something because I didn't represent your specific local dialect because there are so many of them. And I've I've had this conversation with so many friends and colleagues over the years. And they've told me stories about, you know, my family is Qashqai and we say these things. Well, Qashqais also speak a Turkic language as well. So there's a lot of different influences there. So as always, please get in touch with me if you want to ask questions, if you have feedback about this episode. My name is Polyglot Aaron, P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T-E-R-I-N, on all major social media and at gmail.com. And I will see you all next time. Goodbye.